Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after, I mean, <laughs> you got to hope this is the worst game of the season for the Raptors. Um, you, you, it's, it's hard to imagine them playing worse. Um, so they lose the game um, by a score of 132 to 113. Uh, it was, I don't know, it wasn't even a game in the fourth quarter. You know, Nick Nurse is sort of very uh, stubborn at times, you know, very competitive, I would say. Um, very often does he throw up the white flag, but he threw up the white flag in this one. Nine minutes left, and he was already emptying out the bench, um, trying out different combos just to see who would uh, deliver some energy and. Wow, just just a shocking performance where the Raptors lose um, all three of the first quarters. The uh, Thunder have 70 points at halftime. Um, you know, they have probably like, I don't know. At, it's got to be at least 70 points in the paint tonight, just based on the way you watch this game. Um yeah, just a complete no-show from the Raptors. You don't you don't expect to see this. You really don't. Um, if there's one thing you can count on the Raptors for is is that they play hard. Um, but it was unbelievably easy for the Thunder to carve apart the Raptors. One drive, one blow by, uh, and then one more pass. That's usually all it took. I'm literally watching highlights of this game, and that's exactly what's happening time and time again. The Raptors giving up penetration, and the Thunder either getting a dunk, getting a corner three, or at worst getting their own offensive rebound uh and the Raptors not boxing out just just a performance where you you makes you shake your head like at, at no point did you even believe that they were going to make a comeback just based on how poor they were playing and and the effort from start to finish was just bad you know this is three straight games now where the Raptors have just started the game really really poorly um and you really have to consider the fact that okay Pascal Siakam's not in the lineup so who's going to bring that intensity who's going to bring that energy Fred and OG have been playing really well of late, okay? So tonight, they don't play well. Uh, Fred ends up leaving the game with uh, a non-COVID illness. One can only assume that he was sick of the way his teammates were playing around him, all right? But uh, I guess, you know, if he if he's sluggish, then that's fine. I, at least that explains that. But, man, um, you can't expect those guys to give you, what, 60 points combined every single night and steal the ball, like, five, six times and give you an 11 threes like they've been doing, like, where are the other guys to step up on this team? And it's importantly, okay, you know what? You're going to OKC on some random uh, November night, and then you got Indiana the next night. I don't know who made that schedule, but okay, you know what? That it's 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 one of those games. It's one of those days you come to work and you're like, just let's just got to get it over with, okay? So in in those kind of games, can we expect the young guys to at least bring some energy? The Raptors' worst players tonight were their young guys. Scotty Barnes in the first half, just genuinely one of the worst performances you've seen from him in his professional career so far. At least he turned it around and played angry in the third quarter. But in that first half, it, it really stood out how little energy he was bringing and how little energy Christian Coloco was bringing. Those are your two young guys. Those are your two most recent draft picks. And then you got Delano Banton, your other most recent draft pick, coming off the bench, and he can't even bring the ball up half court. He's getting stripped at half court for a layup. That's your That's your point guard. At minimum... You need to at least safely bring the ball up the floor, right? We're not asking Delano to break down the defense and, and play like Shea and, and step back in the mid-range and get into the, you know, set guys up in the paint or or just, you know, do your regular point guard stuff. We're talking about bare minimum. Bring the ball up half court without turning the ball over. No, stripped. And the play before that, you saw a sequence where he was getting pressured. He dumps it to Thad Young. He says, hey, Thad, you bring the ball up. 
Thad Young, bring the ball up. He's 34 years old. This is a random game in OKC. Why are you asking Thad Young to bring the ball up? Thad Young, poor Thad Young. He gets trapped with a double team. Somehow that manages to split it and actually turns that into a scoop alley-oop for Chris Boucher. That's probably the best play of the night for the Raptors. Inconsequential play, though. The point is, where were their young guys tonight? The energy tonight, it was just so bad. It was so lacking. The start of the game, very unfocused, right? The Raptors were at least collecting steals and stuff like that. You know, they forced nine turnovers out of the thunder in the first quarter. They maybe scored on two or three of those possessions in transition, but, you know, really poor transition effort. The Raptors would turn the ball over themselves. And look, listen, your, your vets were guilty of that too. All right, Fred, OG, you know, those guys turned it over as well. So, you know, you can't necessarily just put it on the young guys, but this is one of those games you just walk away just kind of really disappointed, especially because, you know, at no point, again, did the Raptors even show signs of getting it together. Second unit comes in, same kind of deal, you know? And and it, it's funny because you look at the, the roster makeup, right? Um, how many guys on the team are 6'9 athletes, 7-foot wingspans? You know, it, it, you know, the Raptors will play five of those guys at one time. For, you know, forget the actual offensive skill that you need to, to, to perform in certain positions. Let's just get five athletes out there. And at least locked down on defense. And then you have Josh Giddy literally walking to the basket for layups. Nobody helping at the rim. And and it wasn't just Josh Giddy; It was everybody on this team. You know, uh, obviously Shea's a, you know, a handful. But, I mean, Lou Dort bullying you all the way to the basket. Lou Dort getting left open for three. Knocking down three corner threes. You know, Pokushevsky catching alley-oops in transition. Like, what what are you saying? Right? Like, in this game, it's just it's such a poor effort. And then offensively... It wasn't much better. <laughs> I, I got to say, offensively, it wasn't much better. The Raptors kept driving into uh, the paint and then trying to force shots around the basket. If there's one thing the Thunder have, it, they have actual young athletes as well who are all long-limbed. They're waiting at the basket, and they're just blocking guys. OG, driving with blinders on. How many times did he get stopped at the rim tonight? Falls over. The, the, the Thunder going the other way in transition with numbers, right? So it's one of those performances where up and down the roster, you look at it, and you know you really wonder what's going on. Like what I, I'm genuinely curious to see what Nick nurse says after this game in terms of the explanation. I don't think it's on him. Um, I think when the whole team doesn't show up, I, I just think that, uh, you know, there was a bit of a crisis of leadership in this game. And, and listen, you know what? Sometimes you get off the bad starts on the road, right? Look, the Raptors have not done well on the road this season. They're two and five now away from home. Um, sometimes you have a bad start, you know, away from home. Okay. You don't come out the requisite intensity. It's not like, okay, sees the game that everyone gets up for. We get it. Right. But at some point, can you guys regroup and, and come together and, and launch some kind of comeback? You know, I, I think at halftime, that had, had, that had to be in the discussion, right? You go into halftime, you get over 70 points, right? You try to highlight a couple things, you know, uh, and, and you come out and try to at least make a little bit of a push, like make it a game. You're only down 14 at halftime, even though you're giving up 70, at least try to make it a game. The first play coming out of halftime, the Thunder run a pick and pop for Pokushevsky. Christian Coloco gets caught too late on the play, closes out, and he's so late to close out that he literally has a foot in the paint as Pokushevsky is literally letting the ball out of his hands. And somehow Christian hustles backwards and ultimately fouls him for a four-point play. They review it for a flagrant. At least it wasn't a flagrant. It was just really bad defense. So we got to see that three or four times. That was great to look at. But you're giving up a four-point play immediately coming out of halftime. And yes, you see Scotty Barnes looking more rejuvenated. You see him drawing fouls every single time down the floor. You're seeing him attack and get to the basket and go in transition. And, and, and you know, even at times showing the defensive potential that he has, you know, stepping up to the challenge against Shea Gilgis Alexander, one of the best drivers in the league. 
you know, stays with him one for one, uh, picks his pocket, nearly, you know, secures a loose ball. Really, really frustrated that he didn't win the loose ball. But like, at least you see some of that fire with Scotty. But then you ask yourself, where was that at the start of the game? Who on this OKC team was 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 equipped to stop Scotty Barnes? Right, six foot nine, seven foot two wingspan. You know, super jacked. Obviously, can handle. Obviously, can get to whatever spot he wants to on the floor. Where, who was supposed to stop him in, in the paint tonight? So so where was that effort and intensity at the start of the game, right? Yes, he turned around the third quarter. I'll give him credit for that. I absolutely give him credit for that. But where was that for the for the other just two quarters that he played, right? And and you know what? You can't always skate the the, the criticism with Scotty because you know what? Yeah, he's a younger player. You know, you know, Fred's the leader of the team. He didn't play well. OG's the leader of the team. He didn't play well. Uh, Pascal's obviously out. So, you know, I guess Scotty's fourth in line, but sometimes you do expect him to sort of take over, right? And when you see that stretch in the third quarter, when he does take over, it looks so much different than what he does in the first half where he's coasting through games, where he's not contesting shots at the basket, where there's bad body language, where they give up a back cut, him and Boucher. And you know what? Probably both at fault there. Both of those guys had some responsibilities there as they were both on the edge of the paint. Uh, as I think Giddy drove baseline into absolutely nothing. You know he's going to pass because he's literally falling out of bounds. You guys, not, neither of them look back and see who the cutter is going to be. Both are w- well in position to cut off the the cutter. But instead of, you know, the, the them coming together and discussing the play, all you see is Scotty throw his hands up at Chris Boucher. Throw your hands up at Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher is the one guy who played hard tonight. Right? Yeah, you make a mistake. You know, the, the, everybody made a mistake in this game. Throwing our hands up at each, at each other at, as teammates now? Where is that? Where's the, where's the, where's the composure from the club? Where's the leadership from the club? Bad performance. Really, really bad performance. One of those games where you, it's not even like you just forget about it and just say, oh, you know, we didn't have it tonight and the other team really kicked our butts. No, there, it's, it's one of those games you have to hold on to, remember, because you cannot, as a, as a team that prides itself on defense, you cannot let the Thunder walk into the paint over and over and over again and collapse your defense. Like it, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's partially due to the, the, the schemes, you know, obviously Nick does allow, uh, you know, uh, he, he does trap guys. Sometimes he'll trap them high up the floor. Um, you know, of course that leads to, you know, mismatches down low and, and, and guys rotating and you're, you, you know, flying around and okay, sometimes you don't get the rebound or sometimes you let an open three or sometimes you're late to contest at the basket if someone attacks a closeout. But like, this is not on Nick. This is the guys not executing their defensive coverages, you know? And, you know, again, when you, when you look back at this game, it, it, there's so few highlights of it to, to even discuss or even think about, you know? Um, it's one of those games, where you, but you just have to hold on to it. Like, you really need to hold on to this game. Remember how bad it was and think about the fact that the next game you play, you need to come back with an entirely different energy. Like, what is the point of the? Again, this is this is professional sports. This is an entertainment product. What are what are Raptor fans tuning in for to see this kind of performance for four quarters? Where was the hustle? Where was the effort? You know, we didn't even get to appreciate Shea and how good he is as a Canadian player because he didn't even need to play for most of this game. You know, like occasionally he got free and he and he had some impressive. You know, uh, layups where he split two defenders and scooped it under two shot blockers for layups. But, like, he didn't even need to play. He didn't need to make big clutch moments. None of that stuff. Like, it, it, there was no point in watching this. Like, it, it just, um, the, the effort from the team was was just so bad. And you know what? At, at least 
with Fred, you can maybe excuse it because of the fact that, you know, he left the game with a non-COVID illness. If he's sick, you do wonder if other guys on the team may potentially also be sick. Obviously, you know, they spent all t- all day together and stuff like that. But again, like, it's just, it can't be like this. Like, it, it really can't be like this. You know, if they come back tomorrow against Indiana and they, they take care of business, like, I'm not expecting, like, some sort of, like, blowout win. Uh, I'm not expecting anything like that. But if they come out tomorrow and they actually, you know, compete defensively they get back in transition uh they don't just miss shots and then throw up their hands at each other and then try to take the next iso down and then you know just completely abandon the game plan you know if they come back and actually execute with some effort yeah i know they're short-handed right now and to be honest like they're so short-handed to the point where you do wonder how competitive they can be even against some of the poorer teams and they're playing a quite congested schedule right this is going to be their fifth game this week but at the same time um it's just got to improve. I don't know. Like it really has to improve. This is a, this is a bad game where you really can't even look to any positive performances aside from maybe Chris. I think Chris showed some energy, uh, showed some hustle hits 11 and seven in the first half finishes the game with 20 and 12. Um, You know, I I liked his effort on the offensive glass. He got four of those, but there's just not enough from the rest of the guys. You know, where where was, uh, where was the defensive intensity from from the rest of his teammates? And to be honest, Chris wasn't even that good defensively either. But at, at least he was giving you effort offensively. Uh, Juancho came in, uh, and you know what? To be honest, Nick hasn't been playing Juancho at all. I don't think he's shown that much. But at least he came in today and played with some, you know, with some purpose. You know, the fourth quarter it was pretty much OKC up somewhere between twenty and thirty. At least Juancho played hard, got a couple of deflections. You know, was the one in a box and one. Um, you know got on a couple cuts to the basket for, for layups, you know, knocked down a three here or there, showed some actual fight, try to win some loose balls. Like, you know what, if if you're Nick, you probably look at that and say, well, at least he responded because look, even though you might say these are garbage minutes, they're not garbage minutes. Like you're, you're, you're probably trying to see who's going to play hard. Like the Raptors really have to get to that level. Who's going to play hard for me tomorrow. And how do I use them in the rotation then to to then balance out my offense, but at the minimum you were, you would not like to see some effort. But there's guys up and down the roster just were not giving effort tonight. Gary Trent Jr., you know, like not boxing guys out. To be honest, not a lot of guys boxing out tonight. I don't know how many box outs Christian Coloco had, but he only had one defensive rebound. You know, the Raptors suddenly very porous on the uh, defensive glass now with Pascal, and I understand that Pascal was your leading defensive rebounder, leading overall leading rebounder. But can it not just be this bad? Are there not other guys on the team who have the size and athleticism um, and the drive to play with, uh, like Pascal does? Because other guys can kind of step up on that front. I don't look at the Raptors and say, well, they don't have another Pascal-sized guy who can come in and you know show some activity. No, it, it's like exactly the opposite. That's how they build this roster. So why are you now suddenly bleeding uh, defensive rebounds? And why is that such a big issue for you now? You know, and and you know, and when you, even when you look on the coaching side too, it was a little surprising that Nick didn't even go to more zone coverages. I mean, like the number one thing is if if you're getting killed in the paint off the drive, you know, every single time the, the opponent runs a pick and roll, uh, they're getting into the paint. Can we at least see some zone? We didn't really see that much zone in this game. I mean, to be honest, would the Raptors have? Uh, Will that have solved things for the Raptors? I don't really know, but it, it just, uh, it's a confusing performance. It really makes you um, wonder what's going on because, uh, yeah, this was, this was just one. You got to throw it. As a fan, you got to throw in the trash. As a team, you got to remember this and, and play a lot harder. Um, in, in terms of the specific, you know, um, performances, I think I've been watching Scotty a lot. And to be honest, that's the one guy that I, I keep coming back to because you, these other guys, you know, um, 
can they give you a good game? Sure, right? They're all pros. They're all very talented. They're all they're the best basketball players in the world. Of course, they can give you a good performance. But the guy you expect to see more out of his current role, especially in Siakam's absence, is Scotty. And, you know, first half, it just it wasn't there. Like, the aggression wasn't there. Uh, yeah, he missed some shots. But I think defensively, they, you know, he needs to take more of an effort on that front. Um, a lot of the time, he is, you know... Um, the last guy back or he he's at near the basket. So he needs to make the right help rotations. To be honest, it's not even about that. Sometimes it's just not even contesting shots. There was a stretch there where he, he missed two drives in the second quarter. Then he didn't contest the next three layups that the OKC Thunder went in for. Then he throws up his hands at his teammates. Like what's going on there, right? Like at, at at minimum, you know, with, with Scotty last year, you, you know, you saw this sort of relentless energy, this ebullience about his game where he was super excited and bringing the, the intensity and yeah, he had typical matchups. He kind of played through them. Uh, you just didn't see this kind of performance from him. Right. And in second half, at least you saw him wake up a little bit. And if that's, if that's something to cling on to as a positive, uh, I think, you know, hopefully you see that sort of performance where he plays angry the next night against, um, Indiana, because that's another team where they don't have a natural uh, player to guard them, right? Like, you know, the, Indiana plays a lot of guards in their rotation. Sometimes they'll play guards at three. And so Scotty's going to have size mismatches where he can kind of go to work. But the thing with Scotty is it's not even necessarily about the size mismatch. It's really about sort of he needs to dictate how aggressive he is towards um, the opposing team and how much pressure he puts on the defense. Because when you look at it, that third quarter, first play down, he draws two fouls on the same play and he gets to the free throw line, splits a pair. Right. Um, you know, then he, you know, cuts in for a, a backdoor uh, layup. Then he drives, you know, he gets called for a foul, doesn't like it, con- complains to the referee for the next two possessions. OK, but then you know what? He, he gets called for that, 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 tar- that, that, dra- uh, that uh, travel. But next play down, they give the ball back to Scotty. He takes a coast to coast, gets fouled. You know what? I like seeing that aggression. And it was just over and over again. He would get into the post. And it, you know what? When he plays hard, when he when he has intent to score, it looks really easy for him at times. I mean, to be honest, it should look easy against OKC just because of how young they are, how unprepared they are usually as a team. But again, like, you know, there was a big difference there. And then when you think about the fact that, okay, uh, you know, I pointed this out. Other people have pointed this out too. It's hard not to notice it because sometimes Scotty will be grabbing on his ankle. And obviously he's hurt his ankle a few times now this season. You might say, well, is it just the ankle? Is that why he's not being aggressive? You might say, sure, that's a, that's a possible, you know, possible factor. But then how in the third quarter did he turn it on and, and play bully ball for, you know, five, six minutes? Um, you know, so it, it does make you wonder. It, that seems like, you know, uh, incompatible with the idea of the fact that he does have the ankle injury that's holding him back. But to be honest, it's just like he needs to take, play with that aggression for four quarters. It, obviously, you know, there's there's going to be some exhaustion that comes with that. It's not obviously easy to to just bang your way into the post every single time. But you know, when you think of the comparisons you make to like, you know, you see some some Giannis in his game, you see some some magic in his game. I mean, all these things are just fantasies, really. Like, obviously, guys got to show up before you give them these comps to like literally all time great players. But when you see the elements in those games, you know, how do you live up to those comps by playing with that kind of aggression? Do you ever see Giannis take two an entire first half off and, and not look to get to the basket and not contest things at the rim and not play hard, you know? And, and that's not to single out Scotty as well. But I'm just saying that the expectations are bigger for him than they are for other players. You know, I understand a little bit more if Christian Coloco doesn't play hard in, in the first half because Nick can limit his minutes uh, and also because he's a second-round rookie and he's, you know, playing in his, what, 12th professional game tonight, 13th maybe. Like, I get it if he has an off night. Um, but you, you, the thing with Scotty is you can't even bench him. Like, who is even on the floor right now to even say for Nick, like, hey, 
you know what, you're not performing. I'm going to take you off. I'm going to put someone else on. Like you literally need him right now, especially with Pascal out. Uh, and so you just you're actually living and dying with some of the the, the swings with him. But uh, at least he showed it in the third quarter. So hopefully we see that in a more sustained fashion against Indiana and also just moving forward. But these games are not going to be easy. You know, a lot even these young teams have a lot of talent. Like you look at OKC, the guys were able to make plays. Um, they had multiple ball handlers. It just looked a lot easier for them to run their offense. Whereas the Raptors, you know, it, it was a lot of high pick and roll. Um, Coloco is not really going to be scoring much for you at the basket. You know, he has lots of chances at the rim where he's costing guys assists at the moment. I feel like that has a bit of a deflating effect on the team. Um, you would say it shouldn't, but to be honest, it, it does, right? You do all the hard work, you break down the defense, you give him to right at the basket and he misses or he, he, he tries to dunk it and misses it or, you know, goes to the free throw line at, at best and goes and splits one for two. Like it is a bit of a deflating feeling, but um, yeah, like I, I just, you, you just need your main guys to play better. Um, and right now, Scotty is that main guy you're watching out for. Um, but you know what? That doesn't excuse the bench either. I think when you look at, um, obviously precious is out, right. You know, precious hurts your, you know, hurts the fact that, you know, he's your most athletic player. He can rebound for you. Um, you don't have him in the game. Who's going to step up on that front. And, you know, I thought Chris did a good job, but you know, where are the rest of the guys with them? Right. Um, Thad and Otto, they're older. Um, they're competing hard, but you know they got only one defensive rebound between the two of those guys. Not sure why Nick only played Thad in only nine minutes, though. I thought he actually brought some stability to the bench. You know, it seems like he does that every single time, but then you know Nick skipped him uh, his spot in the rotation the second time down. Maybe he just wanted to take a look at Juancho. At least Juancho played hard. So I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a tough performance for the Raptors. Um, you know, if you watch this game, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I I, I, I sympathize. And, um, you know, you just hope that you see a performance more true to their character in the second uh, half of this back-to-back tomorrow against Indiana. So we're going to take a quick break, come back, hand out some stars, uh, and, yeah, I don't know, hopefully get some reaction from what Nick said about this performance because I'm very curious to see what his assessment was. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590. The fan continue to recap this really, really, really bad uh, 132 to 113 loss uh, against the OKC Thunder. Um, you know, that's how bad this, is, this Raptors game was, was that uh, even the audio of Nick Nurse from after the game is is not good. So we're not going to get to any of the quotes. Um, not seeing a lot of tweets on there from the, the regular reporters as well. Just, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a no-show for, I guess, the Raptors... Uh, just as an organization from top down tonight. No, I mean, look, it's it's obviously something that, you know, you just hope doesn't linger. Um, you know they're way better than this normally, right? So it's, it's not like you would give them a pass, but at the same time, you know that this is not who they are. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take a it's gonna take a little bit to, to sort of um, to get this sort of memory out of your mind of, of sort of how poor they were tonight. And, and listen, I, I do feel like, you know, even thinking back on it, you know, obviously – I highlighted Scotty's, you know, up and down performance, you know, Christian's up and down performance, but you know, even the vets, like they, they weren't good tonight, you know, OG, uh, just not having a, a plan in the paint sometimes. Like it's, I don't know. You can almost watch it. I guess obviously as, a, as when you're watching it from the broadcast angle, you can see the whole play. Um, but you know, as, as a player, you got to have a little bit of court awareness to know that, okay, if I'm going to catch the ball in the paint and I'm going to try to like hold, really gather and try to go up strong, Defense is probably going to collapse me at that point. And so you got to know where the defenders are coming to you or sort of when to go because, you know, he got blocked a few times. 
OG has been blocked, you know, probably as much as any Raptor on the team. Although, to be honest, Fred got blocked a ton. You know, he was trying to really force, you know, uh, the offense at, at times tonight. And, you know, I, I guess that's partially his role. Um, but, you know, he even had some poor moments, you know, split a pair of free uh, he, he missed two free throws as well. So, you know, I guess, you know, I, I, at least with him, you understand that, you know, he was, he, he supposedly, he left the game with the, with the illness. So. It's it's tough, man. And to be honest, the, the one guy I haven't really thought about or even noticed all that much in all these games here is, is Gary. Like, are the is the team not looking to run more plays for Gary? Is there not an appetite to sort of look to see if he can expand his offense? I understand that you know running your offense through Gary can look a little bit dicey at times because he's not a passer, but at the same time, um, you know he at least can create. He doesn't turn the ball over that much, like. Is there not more of an appetite to sort of play through Gary a little bit? Because this is a couple games now where he's only had like, you know, 10, 11 shots attempts. And and especially with Pascal, I wouldn't mind the guys on the team who can score, take a couple more shots. So I think that's something where, you know, it's probably on the coaching staff, to be honest, to look at how to get Gary more offense. Because you would at least like to see Gary, you know, I think we always sort of attach ourselves to this idea that he can really explode offensively we saw that at times last season with the six straight games with 30 plus points like you know what you you do wonder like can we not play and try to get Gary going a little bit more early in the game and or at least you know continue to go back to him throughout the course of a game because sometimes you just need offense like you know I think defensively some of the guys can bring him more and Gary's a thing among that bunch but at the same time you know you do need more scoring so can you get Gary more than 10 shots and and to be honest when you look at the starting lineup 12 points on 4 of 10 shooting for Gary, you know, got to the free throw line five times, um, got fouled on a pair of jump shots for those five free throws. Like, it's it's not bad production, you know, so can we at least get more for him? Or is it just like a symptom of the fact that if your shooter's not getting open looks, that's probably a, a good sign that the guys who are supposed to initiate and create for you aren't really setting the table. But listen, it, it's a bad performance, and to, 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 harp or, to, to harp on it more, to linger on it more, it's just, it's kind of pointless. I, I'd be, I, I could be here all night. So, um to wrap up the show, three stars from tonight's game. Honestly, three is 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 gonna be hard to find. Um uh I I guess Chris as the first star, twenty and twelve. Um, you know, I I don't I don't think his defense was was great in the first half either, but at least he was really getting after it, you know, um getting on the offensive glass. Wasn't really able to knock down the three, but uh he was able to get involved in other ways, and, and that's how you can tell that he's the guy who plays hard. In a game like this, he still is able to come up with 10 free throw attempts, you know, largely just by being active around the glass, sacrificing his body, you know, and, um, you know, you would have liked to see the defensive effort to go with this, but yeah, I think I probably could have said that about all 12 guys who played tonight. Um, second star. I mean, this is, this is where we got to dig deep. This is where we got to dig deep. Juancho Hernan Gomez, your second star. That's right. Um, I, I thought, you know, in, even in when it was quote unquote garbage time, he still played hard. He still treated it professionally. It wasn't just like, you know, like Delano came in and, and was taking pull-up jumpers off the dribble from one step inside the three-point arc and was hitting. I'm not even kidding. The, the shot landed above the square, and he wasn't trying to bank that, that shot in. You know, so it, it wasn't at least shots like that. Um, but uh, at least Juancho was able to come in, uh, cut opportunistically here or there, knock down some threes, got some deflections. So I'm going to give Juancho that second start. To be honest, if I'm Nick, I'm probably looking at this performance like, you know what? At least he showed up for me yesterday. I'm going to reward him with at least one look in the rotation tomorrow night. Uh, who knows who who it, it's going to be uh, at the expense of, but obviously without Precious in the lineup, 
it is one more guy in your rotation that's missing, and Wancho does play the same position. So maybe you look to him a little bit. The only thing with Wancho is you do wish that, you know, he showed even more tenacity on the defensive glass. I think the Raptors really do need that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Wancho wasn't bad tonight. So that's enough for the second star. And then your third star. Uh, wow. Um Maybe Malachi. You know, I, honestly, if you're Malachi Flynn, you probably got to be thinking to yourself, what does Delano need to do for me to get in the game? Because if Delano's not even bringing the ball up half court without turning it over, uh, and I'm still not coming into the game, then there's got to be a real problem, right? Like, you know, he's literally actively making bad plays tonight. Uh, not even just not making good ones, making bad ones tonight. So uh, at least Malachi was able to come in uh, for the majority of the fourth quarter and, and score 12 points. Um, you know, we'll see, obviously, if Nick turns to him. But you know what? There are certain matchups where there are, there's a quick guard in the opposing team. And, you know, Malachi does have some quickness, obviously, as a smaller player to sort of stay in front of other smaller players. And you do wonder, like, okay, maybe occasionally can we go to him? Like, yes, sure. If, if there's, like, a Jimmy Butler out there, if there's, like, a James Harden out there and, and they can attack a mismatch, I don't want to put Malachi on the floor because they're going to go straight to him and try to score on him. We've seen that at times this season. But if this, if we're if we're playing Indiana tomorrow and, and they have a lot of guards on, maybe we try Malachi as well because you do need a little bit of more offense. And honestly, if you could just bring the ball up without turning it over, that already qualifies you to be the backup point guard for the Toronto Raptors at this point. So, um, yeah, uh, Malachi took the opportunity, scored 12 points, and those are your three stars. <laughs> your three stars are Chris, Wancho, and Malachi. I, don't, I didn't think I would ever say that this season. You're Gerald Henderson Award winner. Lots to pick from here. Uh, how many players is this? Eight players for OKC scored in double digits. That's 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 not going to happen again this season, but that's amazing. Um, but yeah, the, I think the, 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 this award kind of has to go to Eugene Omorui, um, player from Rexdale. Um, you know, Delano wasn't even the best Rexdale player tonight. 22 points, three rebounds for Eugene with the assist, the steal, uh, knocked out five threes. It just was an incredible breakout performance from him. Was really active defensively as well. Showed a lot of physicality. Uh, similar in a way to Lou Dort, you know, having that big body, uh, the physicality in the post, just just knocking guys uh, on their drives and disrupting them and cutting them off, you know. And, and offensively, he he really gave them something. And you have to think, this is a two-way player. Like, <laughs> you know, and so, um, yeah, all props to him um, playing against, you know, um, his, I guess, childhood club in Toronto. And he really showed out, so... But honestly, you could pick a lot of guys from the Thunder. Like, you know, Trey Mann was also great as well. So, um, yeah, this is just one of those games. You know, I guess this is one of those games. At least that's the hope. And uh, if the Raptors don't respond tomorrow against Indiana, then you're really, really going to be worried. But uh, for now, you just hope that uh, they show a better effort tomorrow. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show. Listen to the, uh, the Raptor show daily, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. You know, and um, yeah, catch you after the next game.